Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Black. (laughs) This is a podcast about gay, lesbian, queer, bi, everything, trans people who are fans of iconic female performers, also known as diva worshippers. Standcast, we're a standcast. Have you used that term in a a while? No, not since, um, probably not since season one, babe. Or a stand cast that we a like to obsess cast. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, we uh, we haven't done this in a while. We are just two white cis men who are trying to use our voice to uplift some of the women who have inspired our queer lives. We're trying to figure that connection out. Um, but Explore more so, it, yeah, we're just sociologically, to historically, yes. we do album reviews. We do deep dives into the careers of really the the women who. Um, have defined the entertainment industry and who are, uh, for lack of a better term, fucking iconic. Who is this podcast for, Jason? This podcast is for Harmonies of the Goddess. This is a podcast for sisters, sisters, never were there such devoted sisters. This is for the real country music. This is for duos, trios, and quartets. And and we said sisters, and we're going to keep saying it. These are for the sisters who are doing it for themselves. This is a podcast for sisters who share the lead. Boom. 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 Inspirational. Okay. Who are we covering, Jason? It's just we're, us this week. I know. It's been a while. Why does this feel like it's been a while? Why do I feel like I'm a new... I don't know. I, I, I'm a new... I what's I'm a happening new in your feeling this. state. My feeling is like, have we done this for a while? I know we've been fretting. We've been fretting over this episode. I know. We're doing the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. This is our first Diva You Should Know episode of season three. We do these every once in a while. We think there are some divas who don't get enough talk about. And the Pointer Sisters are one of them. And this has been on our talk list this has been on our talk list for over a year now. Like, oh, yeah. Nick will come, like, you know, when we're uh, beating out that classic iconic schedule nick will be like okay i really want to do the pointy searches and i'm like oh my gosh me too i have some i have some lifelong hits that i that will stay with me for the rest of my life and then we put it back into our file and then it comes back up and we're like okay we're gonna have to do the pointer sisters um and here we are <laughs> here we are we're finally we're finally touchdown oakland california 1960 whatever to do the origin story of Ruth, Bonnie, June, and Anita Pointer. And, and it goes, yeah, Ruth, Anita, Bonnie, and June. That is in the order of oh, these. Oh, that's the I- age order. That's the age yeah. order. That's the very important age order of these iconic women. And why were we fretting about this? Because as much as we were like, when we say Diva, you should know, it also means that Nick and I don't know that much. Usually it means that Nick yes. and I want to do, we've we've loved their music. Um, mm-hmm. They've been such an inspiration, but but it also is kind of an excuse for Nick and I to go down this like very fun rabbit hole and, and edumacate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Book on Report City. Book Report City. And it turns out no one really has done that many Book Report Cities on these women. Yeah, unfortunately. Except so, for Anita Pointer herself, who wrote, um, and Ruth Pointer, have both written books, which we have now ordered, which we are going to read because we're now just after doing all this research, I've become completely obsessed. I don't have enough from like interviews online or Wikipedia or journalistic or obituaries or anything. I don't have enough. So I have to get more. And so we think you guys should buy those books too. And we can do a book club later, but this is going to be our first 
Pointer Sisters episode. And I was shocked. I, w- I was shooketh to my core because I really, you know, everyone knows a Pointer Sisters hit. They probably know multiple Pointer Sisters hits. Yeah. And I was really under the impression as I, and of course we should know better after doing this podcast, that they are just completely under-celebrated. There should be multiple biographies, documentaries. Mini-series. Retrospectives, mini-series. Installations in the MoMA. You all should be doing our job for us so that we can then uh, take your material (laughs) and make a podcast on it. You Just sons talk. of bitches, do do the work for us so that we can c- put it in a Google Doc and then just regurgitate it. And, <laughs> and 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 so and that was what was going into it. I was like, there has to just be a plethora of information out here, and there is, there is some. And Anita Pointer has her own YouTube, and she does a lot of Q and A's on that. And they, yes. there's a ton of interviews and a ton. There's a ton of clips on that, but like substantive knowledge i i found to be really lacking when we were doing this research yes and it was even like a new york times like a new york times obituary when june pointer died didn't happen like a teeny obituary by the ap you're like this is a major musical pioneer icon um contributor to i mean their music spanned pop jazz disco electronic country 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 Bebop, blues, soul, funk. They were interested in all of it and they were celebrated for all of it. And they changed the course of so many genres of music. And they influenced, uh, uh, you know, their music and their style influenced so many generations. And they just, I just really found that they really don't get the due that they deserve. They don't. and, And we are really... We're, we're new fans. Like we said, we're really excited to read that book. We ha- we did not get that for this episode that was being scheduled. But I mean, I, I got to tell you, babe, I yeah, I've had some iconic songs. I have one song that we're going to get to that was kind of my COVID song. I had like two mm. COVID songs and one of them was by the Pointer Sisters that I had to listen to every single day to get me through. Um, but we but but by doing this research, this probably is one of the most exciting uh things that we have done for myself like i'm i you know because nick and nick and i have like said on this and we are not lamenting we are so privileged to be able to do this but we kind of have to keep rolling along we're this is a weekly podcast so we kind of get a short amount of time to consume something and then jump jump along to something else we we are not diva experts if you're jumping on this podcast thinking that we are diva we went to the college of the we did not go to florida state university diva department we sure didn't, and so we, re- but we really are trying our best, and and so we don't. We, with that, we don't get to spend that much time. We have to kind of go to the next thing, and th- these women are going to stay with me forever. My fandom is just growing, and I can't I was, wait to. I was thinking today. I was like, the Pointer Sisters are going to be my number one artist of. 2021 on my Spotify year wrap. Exactly. I know it. I, I know, know it. it. I know it. I know <laughs> it. I, I love now when I just type in P on my like on my uh you know looking something up on Google that the first thing that comes up on a, on the is the Pointer Sisters. Same with YouTube, and I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. I've done some work. I've done some good work here. My algorithm is <laughs> my, algorithm my algorithm has come correct. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I love that. Do you want to do any diva news? Do you have any diva news before we oh, get into it? Well, we do. We have some. We have oh, yes, some. we do. We have we some. Do. We have some. We have some from our biggest nemesis. <laughs> our fucking arch enemy, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> 
burn it down, build it back in the name of only women, but continue. And they have decided, and we're here to celebrate this, they have decided to accept into their Hall of Men. Prestigious Ohio-based Hall of Men. Hall of Men. In (laughs) Ohio. Our favorite divas. In fact, I was like, look what we've done. We've done this. We did this. We did this. Benjamin DeGrez did it. Fucking uh, the Tina Turner fan who was on our first episode of the season. He, man, he really has been campaigning for Tina hard. So Tina is getting inducted for the second time, but this time for her solo work which is so important. And she's the queen of rock and roll. Sure, you should wait 30, 40 years to induct her. Good idea. I I think she's one of the rare people to be inducted twice. I think Mm -hmm. very, very few people uh, have that in their careers. And then, of course, the other one, the other is the band The Go-Go's. We have not specifically done, we did the, did we do the Go-Go's documentary for the Patreon? Uh, No, we did the Belinda Carlisle. Okay, we, we did Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, we did Belinda watch Carlisle. that for homework to cover part of her um, amazing career. She could get in twice, perhaps, and she should. And then, and then, someone who I we think is now also in twice. So yes, maybe it's not as infrequent as they are trying to tote. Is um, someone who I who wow? How have we wow? We've never done which we really should do because she's you know my mom's diva. I know, and so she's kind of your diva. Like I know that she's. Uh, hugely so important in my life so that's carol king carol king yeah. is inducted for the second time this time as a performer she was inducted before as a songwriter which is so crazy to me considering she has she as a performer and songwriter made one of the greatest songs in rock and roll history i mean one of the greatest albums in rock and roll history tapestry so yeah i'm glad they finally got around to it like after john bon jovi or whoever the fuck they celebrate down there you know who's not in the rock and roll hall of fame the pointer sisters shame 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 on you shame if i i'm not even gonna talk about it's this all terrible shame. Thing anymore. who cares who cares that's that's enough airtime that we've given to the to, um, we have on, uh, on rock and roll look at that disc the on rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> We have a big month coming up for Pride. We have a big month coming up on for Pride Month. I mean, every month on this podcast is Pride Month. And I'm always like, Jay, do you think we should do this for Pride Month? And he's like, I, it doesn't matter. It's all fucking gay as hell. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? What's it, wh- How is that different than anything? We do like to do a song. We do like to do some songs. Like that's kind oh, of when yeah, we do we... a playlist dump. It's like that in Christmas. When we decide exactly. to just do a diva, uh, multiple diva playlist dumps. And that is coming your way. We have a kind of fun playlist that we're cooking up for you all and also this week on the patreon we're going to be doing a little thing that i've been talking about a lot that has come graced us on purple hbo called the nanny that's right kids come over to the patreon we're going to be doing the nanny this week covering the fran drescher of it all the renee taylor of it all covering the uh, Lauren Lane of it all, all the brilliant, brilliant women of the nanny. We're covering them and it's going to be great. So uh, go over to patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. Give us seven bucks a month. It helps us produce the podcast and you get a full new episode every week about loads of great things. Yeah. And guess what? That nanny thing, that's just the beginning because we've got, (laughs) 
we thought we were doing the diva episodes turns out like there's a, a like every other episode is a diva filled episode so look out for part two we're going to be coming back with that with more nanny how episodes. exciting more how nanny exciting. beat throughs can we talk about beating through this okay so if you've been a you know, been a long listener. If you're a new listener, let us tell you on Divas, you should know, we really do try to bring you a book report and we kind of really go like biography through their career. Mm -hmm. But because, because the interwebs was lacking so much on really great substantial information, we are going to be bringing you some of that tea, but what we're really going to do as new found fans of this iconic uh, group is that we're going to kind of really break down some of our favorite songs. That's going to be kind of the genesis of this episode. Yeah. And the catalog is so extensive. It took us a while to get it down, but we're going to give you a, a pointer playlist so that you can come along and we're going to give you biographical stuff along the way. So you can understand more about these four amazing divas. But yeah, we're going to go through our favorite pointer songs as they stand right now. Because mine keep changing. I know. And and it's hard because when you add some, I don't want to listen to yours. I want to listen to mine. So, But then I, ha- then I have to like re-get into being like, okay, these are the other options. Like I, it's starting to get very personal here as, as <laughs> what we're claiming. We, I think we also have some different, because they come, they, they're going to come at, you're going to hear they come at with us so many different styles. And I just, there's no way you're not going to listen to this episode. This episode, specifically, you're not going to come away with being unable to put on the Pointer Sisters. Like, get ready. You are going to be streaming the Pointer Sisters like crazy. Get ready to change all of your musical tastes. Stream them. Download their music. Buy their music. And And you're you're welcome. welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's get into it. What's your origin, Jay? How did you, tell me about how you first came to the Pointer Sisters. Okay, so I rem- like one of my. It's all about the playlists, obviously. It's all all about like getting that one song that you just fit that fits everywhere, and mm-hmm. that was um, uh, the song "Dirty Work." Yes, it's a Steely Dan cover song. It starts off with the guitar, and it's just this like mid tempo that's so sexy and so interesting. Times are hard. You're afraid. from the man's perspective of being in an affair with a married woman, boo hoo. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I just love it when men, when men cry about being uh, tempted. It's like, get the fuck out oh. of here. Anyway. So the point is to decide to come correct and actually take it from the woman's point of view and, uh, and kind of tell off the man and be like, you know that I'm going to come running. 
but I don't want to do your dirty work anymore. And the harmonies are so slick and it's so smart. And it's so, and it was so unexpected to me because the Pointer Sisters that we knew were the Pointer Sisters from the eighties. So when I found this, I was bawled over by uh, the versatility of these women. I, I just thought it was so cool. I thought it was so hip. I thought like this works on everything. This works in in any kind of mix I want to make. This is this is my cool song. This is my hip hot song. So that was kind of my first thing. It also like dirty work also like falls into that thing of uh, a genre of Pointer Sister songs I've noticed called like the Don't Fuck with Us songs. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have these songs that are really like, listen, we're we're all together and you're not going to fuck with us and we're going to tell you how to deal with a problem or we're going to get this man to get the fuck out of here. And they are so, they have another one called Dare Me from like much later. I think it's on uh. the album Contact. And the video for that, have you seen that? No. They're all in like men, male drag. They're all that in these That was a like, hit though, right? I think that was one yeah. of the hits from Contact, yep. And they, they're in these, like, men's, they're, like, pinstripey suits and, like, fedoras and dancing. They can dance. Oh, they- they're a great act. They're a great act live. They are so... The thing, the most consistent thing about all of these albums is that the energy is at 100. There mm-hmm. isn't much bellatos in their career. They don't really do... They do some, but a lot of it is mid-to-up-tempo energy fest. Bops. 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 Out of, and, and they have an album called Energy. And they're full energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they have a way of having a strut song in which they tell the man off. It's like a strange yes. combination of this like sexy empowerment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where like mm-hmm. you just you want to start swaying, but the message is "fuck off," like yeah. "fuck off," get out of my life, and we are just going to do some perfect harmonies along the way. I mean, the harmony is so beautiful. So it goes: Ruth is on the bottom on the tenor line, then Anita is bringing the alto, then Bonnie on the mezzo, and then June on the high part on the soprano. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. It's hard. The first four albums, it, they're a quartet. The Pointer Sisters grew up in Oakland, and uh, they grew up like a lot of uh, singers did, singing in church. Can and we take they, a pause there? Because we have do so many of our divas, and that's the origins of there. And I thought about how much that's mm. just kind of lost. I was having the a church conversation. church of it all? The church of it all. I was a conversation mm-hmm. with a girlfriend, and I was like, our parents' generation were kind of the first generation to defect from societal's like demand that you just are go to a church like even if you're not really religious it is what you do on sunday as like a community-based civic thing is going to family thing yeah and i just thought about how what a great you know religion no we are not we're not here for that for the girls organized religion okay hot take hot take (laughs) we can worship the pointer sisters but not we're not monotheistic we're We're not monotheistic no we're not not. don't pin that on us oh don't pin that on us um but i thought about how 
how fascinating it is and how much it actually informs everyone because at such an early age, you actually get a safe space to be on a stage. It's not mm-hmm. a bar, you know, it's not like yeah. a ca- like a fair. It's like an actually safe space. And these, these sisters, their dad was a pastor. Mm-hmm. So it was actually their church. So I just think, you know, oh my gosh, how else could you ever get these four genius level harmonies? But just doing it at the at the beginning of your life. Well, and their mom said that they they got a piano for the house, and Ruth, the eldest, would just bang away at the piano, and they would figure out these harmonies. The four of them standing around this piano, figuring out how to sing together. And I just love that because so much of what we're going to play for you, and you're going to hear, and what they're known for are these vocal arrangements, and they win Grammys for vocal arrangements, and even when different sisters will take the lead on a song. The other sisters are always credited with the vocal arranging. You can tell that it's been an effort between the four of them to figure this out because these harmonies are so tight and so intricate. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on As most good pastor kids, contemporary music was the devil's music, mm-hmm. but they were able to hear Elvis Presley and it yes. changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And they said that their mom let them let it in the house because Elvis had a, some church music on the B side, which Elvis usually did. There was like some some gospel, some right. hymns right. always right. on the B side. So it was like, okay, maybe, maybe, that you know, maybe it's not all mm-hmm. just just evil secular uh, tunes. Like there's some church here. So that that's kind of okay. I also love that Anita and Bonnie were sometimes sent off to Arkansas in the summer to stay with relatives. That's where and they that's, heard that country baby. That's where they, that's got where that they heard the country music. Right. So that's, they fell in love with the songs of like Hank Williams and they were con they could, there was only one radio station. Anita said in Arkansas near their family's house. So they would just listen to that country music over and over again. And that's how they got that. So they have all of these influences. There's everything happening in Oakland in the 60s. There's church music. There's country music influence. There's obviously like the 40s uh, girl groups like the Andrews sisters also greatly influenced them too. So they have all of these influences mixing around in them to make this group. And they start off with just Bonnie and June in a group called Pointers A Pair. And they, they were a duo. And they did back up. They did back up with some iconic people. Grace Slick was one of them. Sylvester, who we mm-hmm. love. And Anita joined them when they were doing backup. And they mm-hmm. were like a trio of backup singers for years. And then in 1971, the sisters, now all together. So now we have all of them. So it's Ruth, Anita, Bonnie, and June. <laughs> get, get used to us saying these Ruth, names. Anita, Bonnie, Bonnie June. Bonnie and June. Maybe consider naming your daughters after them. I don't know. It's just or an just idea. one name. That would be fun. <laughs> honor, honor your that one child. You should only have one kid. Um, one kid named Ruth, Anita, Bonnie, Bonnie and June Pointer. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in 1971, they signed to our record label, our divas record label, Atlantic. Mm-hmm. 
And originally what they were kind of going for, what uh, I think the what they were trying to be positioned as with these sisters was kind of doing a, a female version of the Jackson 5. I think that right. that's, that was the idea. And the Pornish sisters were like, no, we're, we're a little bit beyond that, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Musically a bit beyond that. And they kind of developed, they always joke about this, but they say that their original look came because they, it was the cheapest, which is they went to vintage stores and got these very like 1940s looking dresses, like the little hats and the cute little um, stitching and the little stoles and little heels. And they looked like the Andrews sisters basically on this iconic cover of their first album, which is self-titled called the Pointer sisters. You know where else they, you know what else they said? They said they actually would rummage through the attics of the sisters of the church. Oh, I love that Don't idea. Don't you love that? So they were like, <laughs> we got all of our furs and our minks and we would, and, and as Zick said, yeah, the, the the classic Anderson sisters group. That's, and which is so funny because that's so not, was not contemporary then. That was such a smart, different idea to it's, kind of come it's out It's so like similar that. to what Bet was doing at the time too. And that's why, how I kind of fell in love with them is these first two records. Like Spotify a couple years ago started like giving me the point sisters but stuff like their salt peanuts and all of these songs from the first album they would really record a lot of uh, old-fashioned music and it's very similar to what bet was doing at the time except bet was harmonizing just with herself Uh, we want to wow you and the harlots we want to wow you right now because this was my next thing that i saw like kind of after i'd gotten into their uh late 70s rock stuff was uh, on instagram probably one of our favorite diva channels, I'm not sure which, posted them singing Cloud Bursty. Oh. And let me set up a scene when, when, you see, when you see this. And this is why I think it's so genius. They come up on stage and there's a coat rack and they hang up their hats and their fur shawls on the coat, each one of them differently. And they let the music kind of build and, and, and it's slightly slow. And then all of a sudden, the tempo picks up like a thousand percent. And that's when they start singing. This is in the 70s. Everyone's on drugs. Everyone wants rock and roll. How genius is it to come out and mine this nostalgia and make it contemporary and make everyone sit back and be like, whoa, what am I seeing? It is one of them. It's the most electric, insane, fast performance ever. And we want to give a shout out right now to Tammy Kernandal. Did I say that last name right? I think it's Kernadal. Kernadal. Um, she wrote an article on NPR, kind of one of the only really great, extensive breakdowns of their careers that Nick and I could find. Uh, that article on NPR is called You Gotta Believe in Something. And this is what she describes the vo- uh, in the vocabulary of what they're doing in these in these earlier songs. I th- hope I can get this all right. It's called vocalese. 
and and vocalies represents how jazz vocalists stretch beyond the conventions of the standard pop song repertory. Often confused with scat, vocalies differed in that it focused on intricate vocal improvisations that were based on pre-existing instrumental solos. Unlike scat, which is defined by its use of of vocabs, Vocalese use identifiable words. The pointers just connected to these groups went beyond mirroring their sounds. Yes, and Tammy is a musicologist. Like, she is a a brilliant writer. And this article you all should really read because she really contextualizes their music in the con- she contextualizes it within the frame and the history of the black liberation movement at the time in the early 70s and the civil rights movement and specifically what was happening in Oakland with the Black Panther Party and kind of two divisions of the Black Panther Party it's so brilliant and amazing and i'm so glad that she seems to be the only person uh writing at this depth and level about them but it's you really hit on something when you said like mining nostalgia, because the amazing thing to me is that they're, they're kind of using nostalgia and they're reclaiming history kind of in a way that we would see later, you know, people like Lin-Manuel Miranda do it with Hamilton. They're like reowning this music and taking it for themselves. Lots of different genres, lots of different types. And that's like, I love from the same album as cloud bursting uh, old songs because the, it's this medley of all of these very, very old-fashioned songs, and they jump through it like they're jumping through history, moving through it like Mercury. Way down up on the Swanee River They had a special kind of song to help them push the work along They'd hum it to the rhythm of the old evil And don't you know that something happened when they sing it to the snapping of the Chattanooga shoeshine boy And because there's four of them, it's like their superpower that they can jump from musical line to musical line and build all of these different things together. And it's mind blowing to me what they do on this album. <laughs> I need those old songs, old songs. I hop from board to board. I wonder new
I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with you saying superpower because it does feel like you're witnessing um, the greatest superhero group alive. Like listening to them, and and because we because then this is all what y'all just have to do. This is your, this isn't even homework. This is a gift to you. Start from the beginning so you can just track all the things they cover into. Because some of the of the later 80s hits, you might not be able to pick up on the genius that they are. So you really need to start in these earlier albums mm-hmm. to see the groundwork that they can build and just do anything. Because it is so seamless. It is so seamless. The other thing, uh, two other things that our friend Tammy Carnottle from NPR points out is she has this quote. She said, they developed an ear for intricate harmonies and an awareness of how to interpret and perform song lyrics in a manner that provoked a response from listeners. And that's the thing. It's so uh, singular and so musically vibrant. And there are so many things happening in every piece of the music that it does. It like makes you sit up straight. It like sends a shock through your whole system. And the beauty of this album cover is each of the, and this is something else that I learned from uh, Dr. Tammy, is that they all look different on the cover. So they're a different group than like the Supremes or Martha and the Vandellas in the sense that they're all- Or the Labelles. Or the Labelles. They're individuals. They each had their own look, their own hair. And they had this kind of genre of the 40s for the first couple albums, but they're four free identities and you you would learn their names everyone talked about ruth anita bonnie june they had their own individuality within the group and that made them really special and we keep saying this but there's no real a beyonce of the quartet you know yes and and nick and i are obsessed with not ratings but like numbers and so one of our favorite things is after album four they will tell you which sister takes lead and they all have they all have numbers. So they all have like album tracks that are their tracks, like mm-hmm. genuinely. Um, and so as we were saying, so they, they have this kind of nostalgia for the first couple albums. But within that, oh, they're full of surprises. Are you all ready for this? Are you all ready for what we're going to burst out to you about fairy tale? I am ready for fairy tale because this to me. <laughs> we just have too much to get through, mama. <laughs> there's so much to get through. So on their second album, which is uh-huh. called That's a Plenty. It's, there's still a lot of this stuff going on. They do the classic uh, song, Salt Peanuts. They do a lot of this jazz, um, scatting, Andrew's Sisters-esque stuff. And then, all of a sudden on the B-side, you get a country ballad like none other I have ever heard before. I'll pack up all my things and walk away I've been waiting for so long So just found out there's something wrong Nothing will get better if I stay So Anita Pointer wrote this song and she said she was inspired by a James Taylor cassette that she was listening to. She was in a hotel room in Woodstock And she had just found out that this man she was seeing had been lying to her and that he was actually married. And she was really sad, obviously upset and listening to this James Taylor cassette. And she wrote this 
incredible country ballad. And then she ends up finishing writing it with her sister, Bonnie. They like finished it off together. And this song won best country performance by a duo or group at the Grammys. And they were the first black singers to perform at the Grand Old Opry. where the Pointer Sisters and they talk about uh, some of the resistance that that they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. But by the time they got them in to their grasp, they were doing encores four times over. At the they were just that singing that song, oh, which over, is me with this song. Over, I can listen to the song again. again and again and again. And you know what oh. I love about the lyric on this? Because if you think like a pop song is called or a country song is called fairy tale, mm-hmm. it's the it's the this the irony of it. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, you know, what you told me was just a big old fairy tale. You lied it's to me. It's a fantasy. It was a fantasy. It's a fantasy. It a dream, it's not real. Yeah. We were lost in a dream, and it is not real. And I have woken up from the fantasy, and it is gorgeous. This might be a top favorite song of all time across singers for me. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. love this. You just love I, this. It's also just when musicians, when they refuse to be put into a box or a category or keep doing the same thing, when they're interested in so mm-hmm. many different things, and we know that to be true about so many musicians, but so few actually get to express it this fully in their careers. Like by album two, doing something like this that you just didn't expect. And people don't know this about the Pointer Sisters. A lot of people just think about, I'm so excited or jump for your love. And they don't think about the fact that their first Grammy is for a country song. They, they like so many people, but they really contain multitudes. Multitudes. I mean, truly genre defining. And, and still the albums are so cohesive. They yeah. are beautifully produced. One of their main producers who did a lot of their hits was this uh, person named Richard Perry, who really kind of brought them a lot of uh, some of a lot of really great bops. They really kind of knew the direction that they were going for and are able to just be really cohesive, even with all of the genre jumping that they do. It's we're just starting. We're just starting. I mean, I can't wait to get into <laughs> all of the other songs <laughs> that... The next album after this is called Steppin, which they've taken a little more of an R&B direction. The big hit from it was called How Long, Bet You Got a Piece on the Side, which is another Don't Fuck With the Pointer Sister song. And that Ooh. was a huge hit and definitely much more R&B. So they're showing a new side of themselves that they hadn't shown before. And they were like topping R&B charts, which they hadn't really done up to that point. But there's this very particular track on it that I love 
which is called Easy Days. And it's kind of a fantasy about when life is great or when life is going to be perfect, when life is going to be easy and what that's going to feel like. And I just feel like the harmony on this is it's so It's a trippy beautiful. song, right? It is. It, but I think of the harmony like a hammock. This like the really- harmony is like a hammock of four mm. voices that's just rocking you. And you're just looking up at the sky, watching the clouds go by, and you're just enjoying the summer. And this oh. is my wish. This song is my wish for everyone for the summer. With fucking Isaac Hayes, which right. is iconic. I mean, right. that's a him we're for, Isaac Hayes. It's just so beautiful. I, I do love these wistful ballads. That's something Anita and I have in common. Anita always says that she loves the ballads. See, I She's, love ballads, but they don't do that. That's why you really appreciate them. Because they really... When they give you one? They don't do a lot of bellatos. They Yeah, when they give you one, they don't do, they don't do many. They're not like, you know, they're not like our goddess. Who's, who just, <laughs> our ballad goddess. Our ballad goddess. These are our up-tempo goddesses. But yeah, when they when they give you a kind of more slow, whimsical one, I mean, they can do anything. So They can do anything. The next album they make is called Having a Party. And this, they move into kind of a more funk zone for this. They get a little funkier. And this is, uh, sadly, the last album of them as a quartet. Yeah, Bonnie decides to go on and try her hand at a solo career. And this is the last time that they're all together. And oh, actually she missed only, the boat. She missed the boat. She did miss the boat with that. Her solo career was, you know, she did some cool stuff, um, but she never reunited with the group. But that's why I wanted to talk about this song called Don't It Drive You Crazy. And it was a hit in the UK. And it's a very, very sexy song. And Bonnie's on the lead on it. And Bonnie has this like rasp to her voice that I really think she sounds like she and Bette sound a lot like each other, especially Mm. on this track. Mm. Like the way they scoop up to the note, the way there's like a little like rough nature to it. Mm. I love Bonnie's voice so much.
love Bonnie. We wish we wish we could have had more. So much more. Oh my gosh. I, I also love the sense of humor in this song. Like right near the end, there's this little part where um, she's like singing all sexy to this guy. Like, don't, it's all about like, don't it drive you crazy when I dance for you? And then she's like, oh, take off your socks, baby. I don't like socks in bed. Wait, hold on. Don't get, don't, no socks in bed. <laughs> it's like what? this little cute little line. Like they do have a sense of humor about the What's about the sugar the daddy song? That's so amazing. Gold. Gold. Oh, it's it, gold mine. Gold mine, y'all. Gold mine is. I mean, that's just re- singing I, to their sugar daddy. It's, it's so. They always have a really great sense of humor. There's like a sly irony all the time, and they really and they are. They come from the school of showman of just being showmanship. So as we say, you're going to be going down your deep listening parties, but we also always say you're going to need to hit up that YouTube. There's mm-hmm. so many concerts and performances that's really the breadth of stuff out there is there is just so much stuff they were consummate performers they performed all the time even after the hit stopped coming they were still hitting that stage and giving it their all and they always have really fun patter yes Uh, oh they're so charming together and the next album after that is this my album this is my album yes and this is this this was album so this has dirty work on it. And this was the album that I really got into. And this is Nick and I's shared favorite song. Fire by Bruce, Fire. By Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen wrote Fire uh, for himself. He iconically took off 53 songs from an album called Dark Side of the Town. Or on the other Dark Side. Of the- oh. I actually like that album, but whatever. But, <laughs> but Fire was one of them that didn't make the cut. So he had 53 of these songs. So he never released it. And the Pointer Sisters got it. And I love I love how bitchy the reports are of that. That he was jealous uh-huh. when they he got a so hit jealous. on that. They, they oh got my a huge God. hit. They got what like a, a number queen. two hit on this. Yeah, they had a number two hit. They were number two for three weeks. This yes. was like a huge big hit for them. Who girls is this? Does this? Will this not get you in your feelings? I'm riding in your car. You turn on the radio. You're pulling me close I just say no I say I don't like it But you know I'm a liar Cause when we kiss Ooh, fire this song this is a famous song this will play on my light fm from time to time there's a little baby it's cold outside to this song yes yes i you know what i love that bruce springsteen wrote in song it's again from this like strange male point of view of kind of um i don't want to do it but you're gonna make me yeah but like you 
you women folk are constantly forcing me on it. But they are so assured on this that you never yeah. feel that anyone's in jeopardy. Well, and, no, and, because Anita's on the lead with Ruth Anita. and June Anita, behind her. You know, right now, Anita's my girl. Y'all, y'all got, I'm going to have to come clean. Anita is my thing. And in the live versions of this, <laughs> in the live versions of this, um, they have a, they do a break and the audience goes wild. They do it a lot. They can't, you know, they have some similar patterns with the songs because they know how to milk it. And so Anita will like kind of extend this note and then she'll stop and everyone's just freaking out and she'll say, okay, now for my favorite part. And then drops into Romeo and Juliet. Like it's, but they, they, they will, they will. They give that tension. They give the tension for like uh-huh. 30 seconds. And then Nina goes, yes. oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to get to my favorite part. And then they all come in together. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. They have so much control over their audiences, you know? And the narrative of that song, because that song does mm -hmm. seem like, hmm, if you say no, you know, as we know now, no means no. Right. But but at the same time, she's, but at the same time, she's acknowledging that her no doesn't mean no in the song. Right. Right. So she's like, you know, I'm lying. You know, this is, it's a hard to get song, really. It's a hard to get song. It is a hard to get song. Which, you know. Would if women know? are empowered and want to play hard to get, they are allowed to play hard to get. And if you're the pointer to. sisters, like, come on. Yeah, you can do whatever the do fuck whatever you, you want. want. I love this song. The other story from this song, too, is that it's so low that when they heard it, Anita thought it was for Ruth to sing. And their producer was like, no, we want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it really tests out the very bottom of Anita's range. And it's really sexy. It would have been easy for Ruth to sing, and I'm sure she would have sang it beautifully. Yeah, it, it really was Ruth's song, but I think by getting in that interesting spin to Anita, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really more captivating. And unexpected. Yeah. And I, I, the, the, a lot of the versions I've seen of Fire, Ruth introduces the song. So Ruth's up front, and you think it's mm-hmm. going to be Ruth's turn, and then they alter for Anita to come up. And, and 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 dip into it, and so it's really, it's really. It's, they're, e- they're each so amazing on lead, but they're also so fun on background too. Like what they do to support, like Anita really shows off when she's back when she's backing one of her sisters, and it's very fun to me. Anita really shows off, and June's the June's kind of the freest of them all. Uh, yes, I, June <laughs> is the energy. June's the energy. There's a story that June would kind of do anything if she if she didn't want to do something. And one time uh, she was like adamant that she did not want to wear a dress, that like a, like a kind of matching outfit that they were all going to do for a number. And they were like, no, this is it. We've, we've assigned it. This is what we're doing. And so after a while they went to her dressing room and she had just straight up burned it in the bathroom it was just lit on fire and so ruth was like well guess guess june won again <laughs> like we can't and, and she and she kind of will be the freest with the moves and so and she's she got that of, really that she's gorgeous the, soprano the she song really i looks love the youngest she really is like 
she's not the that baby. much younger, but she looks like a real baby in all of this. My favorite June track on this is Angry Eyes, which is a, a Kenny Loggins song. Wow. It's really good. Yeah, wow. she sounds she's it's such a beautiful soprano. Oh, now we're going to our album. Okay, so this is the middle section that might just be its own Patreon episode. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, so here's the deal. Next, the Pointer Sisters made an album in 1979 called Priority, which of course you can find nothing written on, there were no hits on, and is our fucking favorite. Right. This album is their rock album, like specifically mm-hmm. rock. Like they cover songs by Mick Jagger, by Bob Seger. They cover another Bruce Springsteen song. They do a Robbie Robertson song. So they're really kind of t- uh, taking on these big hitters and they're just destroying it. They're just. They're destroying it. I mean, my number one is, of course, the fucking ballad, which is called Dreaming is One. I love On it. which Anita is it's so beautiful. I just, the other day, Jason texted me. He was like, oh, babe, priority, get into it. It's unskippable album beginning to end. And so I was biking around the city going to meet some friends. And I did two loops of the full Central Park loop on my bike, listening to priority. It was a beautiful spring day. If you're in anywhere with a bicycle, I highly recommend it. This album will take you around and round. All music is a website that just kind of, has everything they do some like little blurps reviews of just everything and all of the pointer sisters albums are are on there and this all that that review starts it's by amy hansen the pointer sisters calls a puzzled ripple of amazement with the appearance of the rock and roll plant debut this is they had left atlantic for this album then they almost certainly broke the dam on 1978's ballsy, bluesed-out priority, taking rock coverage to the next level and operating still under the guidance of Richard Perry. Richard Perry uh, started Planet. And mm. you know what? They're just too surprising for their time. No one, I guess, really knows knew what to do <laughs> when these it's, girls it's, are just going to come swinging for the fences. Everyone's just like, oh, I guess if I, you know, we can't put you in a simple category. And, and you yeah. sing these songs better than any of the men ever have ever 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 it's just it's incredible because no one like i mean bet can't even get bet can't get this close with the harlots because she just because the harlots are always changing it's not i don't know any other example in history of a group of harmonizing singers that have been together this long and made this much astonishing music i'm really obsessed with turned up too late Mm mm-hmm where they're basically telling someone like, oops, sorry, now you want this? It's another one of their kiss-offs. Uh-huh. Led by June. So it's good. So good. So good. The Shape I'm In, that we all we all know that song. It's like, if you hear this song, you're never going to hear it again. This is, no. this is the version of you don't care about The Shape I'm In. And we also and get their I bonus love... track, Nothing But a Heartache. Mm. Oh, mm. I love to... Um... Uh, Ruth gets on the lead on She Got the Fever and it's so sultry. It's so good. I mean, Ruth has this very rich, low voice and when she gets on the lead, it's a special, special moment. Oh, it's deep and it is intoxicating. You Mm -hmm. are going to want to listen to what Ruth has to tell you. Anita is the voice that you're going to hear probably the most consistently throughout the album's because um, yes. she has that mid-level voice, but when they when they deploy, 
mm-hmm. the other sisters for the lead. It is such a treat, such a spot. Y'all, do you think we're fans yet? Do you think we like these sisters <laughs> at all yet? Have we gotten our point okay, across so yet? The next album, we just did a little bop on that priority, but get on to priority. The next album is Jason's favorite song. <laughs> this is my COVID song. This is this got me through. This is true. This is so Dirty Work was my old hit that I put on every play. I'm not kidding you. There is like I've sent Nick a playlist. I've sent I don't know who else a playlist. I've sent this one a playlist. I sent my cat a playlist. This is the <laughs> song. This is the moment. This is the everything. This is so as Wendy Williams would say. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. Let's look at my shoes. Okay, so tell us about Slow Hand. Slow Hand. Yeah, my song. My yes, everything. your song. Yes. This is going back to country, and the writers mm-hmm. of this song where. Uh, they did not write this for the Pointer Sisters. This was not intended. This, they were like, the writers were like, this was the farthest thing uh, we were thinking that this could uh, be for, which is what they do. That's what they do. And if you're just listening to it, you're like, this song is just about sex, but it's actually about them demanding how they're going to be treated. Mm-hmm. And they are not wanting any one night stand hussy. This is Mm-mm. y'all. If you don't think I'm performing this in my slinky gown to open my second act to really get the girls grooving on the concert that I will never have, you fooling yourselves because <laughs> you fools, <laughs> you fools, you fools, you fools. They were nominated for two Grammys uh, for this album and for this song. It was a huge hit for them. And it is it's it is the moment. It is the groove. Yeah. It's Conway Trudy, a country singer, did try to cover it, but make it more heterosexual male. It's so stupid to hear him try and do that. He did that after <laughs> that. How are you listening to Pointer Sisters do this song? And then your old white country ass is Fuck like... Off. Fuck off, are you kidding me? You're so, so stupid. Do you love this? As my, Am I crazy? Is this not everything? It's the great, it's, it's like top, it's another one that's like, this is one of my favorite songs ever. It gives the groove. The gro- and mm-hmm. how they sit in the pocket of that groove is so delicious. And, and I keep saying intoxicating because that's what it is. It's like a rewind song for me. It's like, okay, I'm never going to get sick of this. Because I got a man with a slow hand.
just ordered some vinyl. The black and white album cover of this. Mm. This is from the black and white album. I don't know if we said that. And the special things album cover. It's all amazing. Okay, so the next album we're going to talk about is the album. The album that changed everything for them. It's called Breakout. And yes, they did. So with these successes, they really, really wanted to, you know, leave a mark. Mm-hmm. And they really wanted to just get to that kind of next level that everyone around them was kind of getting to. So they, they did have hits, but they kind of were out constantly having to really hit the road. There's four sisters. There's four, or three, four, then three sisters that are like sharing all, you know, anything that they can get uh, financial wise, you know, yeah. so they were constantly having to, you know, slightly scrape by, but this is what really, this really put them on the mark. It's a song that everyone knows. I'm so excited. Actually written by the sisters. So that's amazing. This was kind of a, a sister pen song, which I love. I love that this is probably one of their mo- the most iconic hit that everyone knows about. We've all seen that episode from Saved by the Bell. Well, mm-hmm. where Jesse gets addicted to speed and gets so <laughs> excited. I'm so I mean, it's it's everything. It's in every single movie. It's in every single movie ever. Uh, Ruth's uh, autobiography, which I want everyone listening to this podcast to buy, is called I'm Still Excited. <laughs> Good one, Ruth. Get it, Ruth. Get it, girl. <laughs> I really, I, I really, really, really love their prints. You know how everyone says don't cover prints, don't do prints, you're stupid. Their cover of I Feel For You is oh so fucking so good hot and good the other song that you all know jump for your love which it has june on the lead but everyone knows that song so i want to talk about another song on this hit filled record called automatic where my girl ruth is in the lead and it is everything they got it to number five on the charts number two on the r&b charts huge charting all over the world no Let me just read a little quote from Ruth about this. Ruth said, we were taking a break from the recording office of Jim Tract, who was Richard Perry's right-hand man. And Jim mentioned that he had a stash of tapes we might want to listen to while we were on a breather. We all sat up straight when we first heard Automatic and told Richard that we wanted to include it on the album. Okay, he said, but who would sing the low part? Are you kidding me? I said, I'll do the low part. (laughs) Ruth Pointer. What is this madness that makes my motor run, my legs too weak to stand? I go from sadness to exhilaration like a robot at your command.
album that you want to put on your leg warmers and just start jazz a sizing. Just mm-hmm. start moving until you are fully drenched in sweat. This is Energy the Album Part of Thousand. My song is Neutron Dance, which was prominently featured on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. And oh, yeah. And when you listen to them, when, when you kind of, and in, their, in that video, unfortunately, it's a lot of cutaways from that uh, movie. Unfortunately, I said that because I just want them doing the Neutron Dance. Yeah, and of course. Crazy. Um, but when I listen to something, oh my gosh, in my mind, they, they're in every movie. All of their songs are so cinematic that they belong in ev- at all the sequences from the 80s for me. With these, Of hits. course they do. Of course, like automatic do. should be in and every kind of exciting point of any mm-hmm. iconic, any movie. montage, any montage, automatic. Give me that automatic. Give me, also, give me beat in the street. Give me, give me the roll the credits and give me the morning when you're getting on the street and the movie's just mm-hmm. beginning and you need mm-hmm. to get sunk in there on that right vibe. That's what the Pointer Sisters have. All, all the songs, all the songs. Also, automatic got these three geniuses a Grammy for vocal arranging. That's right. That's right. That's also, great. I'm so excited is not originally from this album. No. It's from the album before, but then they put it onto this album. They ha- used to have a song on this album called Nightline that they took off and they put I'm so excited on instead. And Neutron Dance didn't become a hit until it was on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Do you want to know what I realized doing my prep for this that I've been saving for you, babe, about uh-huh. my true origins with Ruth Pointer? Do you know about the movie that Ruth Pointer's in? I do. Uh, okay, wait, tell me. It's a little movie called Oliver and Company. <gasps> yes! Where she plays Rita, the dog. Yes! And Bet is also in Oliver and Company. So I was like, I knew that it was like really connected with Ruth Pointer since my childhood. And I was like, why is that? Why is that? And then I remembered that she's, and she has a great song in it where she's like, teaching you about how to get survive the streets of New York City to little Joey Lawrence who plays Oliver. We gotta clean you up, child, and give you some on-the-job training. Nancy character in it. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of the, she's like the lady protector of. But it's such like another one of those great 80s bops mm-hmm. through New York City, you know? It's mm-hmm. so good. But I like always remember growing up loving her because she was in that. It was Billy Joel, her, and Bette Midler were the three big celebrity voices in that movie. Yeah. Hot ticket. Hot ticket. Oh, I love that for Ruth. I love that so much for Ruth. I know. I know. She's amazing. That makes um, me so happy. And then, you know, there are other albums after this, and none of them really, you know, we talked about Contact a little bit. We talked uh, a little bit about what happens after this, but none of them hit the point that we reach to with Breakout. 
I mean, Breakout was had so many huge hits. It made them uber stars. And it's kind of odd that afterwards it didn't really ever hit like that again. It's not easy. They struggled to kind of capture the zeitgeist. And something that we are, haven't really hit on is that there was a lot of turmoil within the group. Bonnie had, even though Bonnie was out, uh, she had continued to have her own issues with drug abuse. So did Ruth. Ruth wasn't able to get sober until 85. Uh, she, she, that's what a lot of I'm so excited about is her kind of talking about that. And she is true, true. You know, as we're getting up there in the age, she's like, you, she was like, Coke was like drinking water back in the day. They would tell you that it wasn't, that nothing was a problem for you. At some point she had to get her jaw, her jaw and her teeth completely redone because of it. And she was like, you know, as, as a kid, you, as kids, you just think I can do anything and I will recover from it. You never think about how down the road it's really going to hurt you. So amazingly, Ruth has been sober for 30 years. Um, but mm. June also, June struggled throughout her life. She was in and out of the group or, uh, around this time. She was like dropping out of performances. So they were kind of struggling just internally to keep things yeah. together. And then uh, the future of music was was rapidly changing they it's still they had a song on Whoopi goldberg's jumping jack flash called set me free uh actually written by the neutron people who wrote neutron dance uh that was in 1986 but yeah kind of other than that yeah the relevance was just kind of struggling by the 90s the the big r&b people were mariah carey and they and uh you know boys and men and, and vogue they were, and Vogue, they were the doing different things than what the yeah. pointer sisters have been doing I mean, I still love these records. They were the original cover of um, something we just talked about, Moonlight Dancing, the Diane oh, Warren yeah. hit that Bette, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that Bette Midler straight snatched from these amazing mm-hmm. women for her yeah. Some People's Lives album. They ended up switching uh, groups. They, they went to Motown for only one album. That was called The Right Rhythm. That's the last album that you can get on Spotify. But I actually would encourage any of you to go and listen to their actual last album, which was in 93. Breaks my heart. They still absolutely continued to uh, perform live. Yeah. And anything. They do benefits and concerts. But this was their last album. And it's not on Spotify, but they have their first song is by Maya Angelou. Anita Pointer really starts coming out with stuff on an amazing song called I Want Fireworks. This was also a one-off album that they did for a label called SBK. I don't know. So they were kind of being shuffled along. And then, yeah, it's, it's so hard. By the time, by the 90s, Ruth and Anita were both grandmothers. Think about that. Yeah. And watch that. When you're watching the 80s stuff, think that like they were straight up grandmothers looking and, and firing off on all the cylinders that barely any of us even have. So beautiful. And then, unfortunately, we lost uh, June Pointer at the age of 53 to cancer. Yeah. and Which is so sad, but it did give me like one of my favorite bops, which is a kind of off album song that Anita and Bonnie got get back together and write this song called feels like June and it's on Spotify and you can also get it on Anita pointers website, which has a beautiful tribute to June and loads of great photos and little video montages. So they wrote this song together and it it just kind of takes me back to the fairy tale of it all. Like Bonnie and Anita writing together again for June. And it's so beautiful. Been thinking about you, can't help thinking about you. You're so much a part of who I am. 
struggles she was out of the group in 2002 but that she died in the arms of anita and ruth and oh there's also brothers the brothers were there too we haven't talked about the brothers but the brothers were also there so she died in the loving embrace of her family up until 2020 you could still see bonnie and anita uh yucking it up performing there's an amazing kind Mm of um impromptu performance that they do just from sitting at a bar in Las Vegas. They're like the pointer sisters are here and they get up and they sing. Um, but unfortunately soon after that, we lost our Bonnie. Um, we lost her in 2020. Yeah. In 2020. And Anita came out and said that she, that was her best friend that uh, she talked to her every day and they never once had a fight. I don't care if that's mm. true or not. I think that's beautiful. I think that even mm-hmm. if they, they weren't, they, there wasn't an animosity about being part of the sisters. And in, in some of these performances, Bonnie would come and sing the songs that she was never on the record for. So she would go mm-hmm. and sing with them. Anita had to stop performing due to cancer. Ruth and the lineup changed. We don't need to get into it. The lineup kind of was consistently changing. Their daughters would come in. Their granddaughters would come in, join the group. And right now it's Ruth's daughter and granddaughter. And they will still do like, she's like, one of our big things is we'll do conventions. We'll do anything. We just like that. People still think we're relevant and we'll do it. If you want us, we'll perform. They don't tour. She's like, we don't call them tours, but we will do events. And they do. They were really famous overseas as all the best artists seem to be America just yeah. can't get their shit together. They did, you know, all three of them performed in Ain't Misbehaving, uh, the new cast recording. Yeah, they, There's a new they, cast recording of them doing that. They toured with that. I mean, I just, okay, let me ask you, if you could have mm-hmm. like another act from them, what would it have been like? I, like if you could have had like your ideal, like late nineties album or early aughts album that they came out with, what would that be like? Well, I think returning to their kind of old school roots and doing like, because by that time, as all of our age divas, like this is not at all how I want the world to be, but all of our right. divas have to kind of transition into what's current for the people that they came up with. And I think if they had done a jazz album, like an mm. absolute standards jazz album, I mm-hmm. think it would have sold like gangbusters. I think they would have gotten a yeah. Grammy. I think people would have... Uh, just gone gaga that was kind of hip back then to you know to again mining that kind of nostalgia like like Joni did like annie lennox did like you know like queen like latifah these, did like all of these people queen latifah yeah the dana owens album yeah bet was bet was dipping into that barbara dipped into mm-hmm. that all of these people were kind of like okay this is kind of what my generation, american songbook is song yeah book. this is what my generation kind of is hungering for these are the people these are my, what my fans uh, specifically wanted and so i would want that i really want a retrospective on these women i don't what i want yes now, we have two sisters still alive 
They are still making content on YouTube. Please, 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 world, get it together and honor follow these them women. on Instagram. Uh, Ruth Pointer and Anita Pointer follow their YouTube channel. Subscribe to it, like it. I don't care what you have to do. We need to get a ten-part purple HBO miniseries about the Pointer Sisters. It would be iconic. We're gonna go out with one of these songs that are from the later albums. Again, we love them. We I, I we love adore, all of these later I albums. They deserved them. a lot I more play. We're yeah. not gonna do a two-hour episode that we could do. Maybe we'll come back and do the later albums later. But we're gonna do a song called Freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's what I. When I hear them saying this, it's like what I hope for June and Bonnie and now that they're gone and I, you know, hope for all of us. But we didn't mention that the Pointer Sisters first hit was called Yes, You Can Can, which was a big uh, song in the civil rights movement. And they always kept their eye on on the right and what was good and, and freedom and liberation for all. And this song is beautiful. Thank you, Battle Angels. We love you. Thank you. We love you. Um, have fun with the Pointer Sisters. Um, download, rate, review, subscribe us, and um, listen to good music always. Yeah, let's celebrate. This is truly, truly, truly. We had so much fun. Uh, you know, we you know we really wanted to honor them, and we want absolutely just more stuff about them, more information, more re- all the retrospectives. Give us, give us all the songs that we don't have. Like, let's get. Let's Give us the Broadway musical. The let's get, let's musical. make it let's happen. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. But y'all, g- y'all, go forth into the land and spread the good word of the Pointer Sisters and absolutely enjoy it. We love you, baby. See you next week.